The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and I am coming to you live from Andrew Young Salon in Palm Springs, California. It's one of my favorite places. I've actually just finished getting my hair done. I have a great guy here named Dow. He does my hair for the carpets. He does my hair for life. I love him to death. If you guys want the best hair ever, come on in. The phone number is 571-294-0992. That's his direct line, and I'll toss it up online. But seriously, I, I love this place. So I'm coming in a little. I'm coming in live here, and if I'm a little crackly, I'm sorry. We have an amazing guest on today. We have James Les Mitchell, who I'm, I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of, and of course we have the person I'm the biggest fan of in the whole wide world. My co-host, Paul Michael Bowen. Good day, Paul. Good day, Summer. I'm, I'm getting. I was getting my hair done, and I'm still at the salon, and I freaking love this place. Well, yeah, comfortable. I'm, I'm not. I don't have much hair to do anything with, so I'm kind well, of out of that. Fair. <laughs> uh, so we've had an interesting day. I'm really excited. We're going to have the amazing Jane Velez Mitchell on. She's won so many awards. She's one of my favorite favorite newscasters. She's an animal rights activist. She's a humanitarian, and you know, she's one of my favorite people. I have to say that she's right. one of my favorite people. We're going to have her on. We've got a whole bunch that we're going to be chatting about today. Um, and then, yeah, it, it, it's pretty interesting. It's pretty, pretty interesting. But I'd love to welcome on the amazing Jane Velez Mitchell. Thank you, Summer, for having me. And uh, right back at you. I love you, too. Well, thank you. I was, I, I'm such, such, such a big fan of yours. I've watched a ton of your exposés. You've written books. You've, I mean, it, there's nothing you haven't done. How the hell did you get the career you got? It's amazing. I mean, clearly you're very talented, but, you know, well, everyone you. listening wants to know what road to take to, you know, kind of copy your career here. Well, uh, I've always done something that I would do for free, except somebody decided to pay me, and that was my dad's criteria for a career. He said, you should just do what you want to do that you do for free, and if somebody offers to pay you, then, you know, that's that's when you know that you're doing it because you have a passion. So my dad was a Madison Avenue advertising executive. In fact, he had his offices on Madison Avenue. He was right out of Mad Men. He was the martini drinking, pipe smoking, uh, conservative Republican. Uh, Irish. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. 
And my mom was from Puerto Rico, and she was the last of the vaudeville. She played the Palace Theater. She had her own dance troupe called the Nita Velez Dancers, and she created a uh, very successful dance troupe. The troupe uh, they they played the Hilton hotels and other hotels all across the Caribbean, uh, the United States, and Canada. And so my so, mother was very theatrical. My dad was very was very sort of corporate and um, very conservative. They were two total opposites. And somehow I ended up going to journalism as a result of that. <laughs> well, it's, it's, I think it's a little conservative and a little wild. I mean, you, you have a little of both in there. I do. I, I do sort of veer back and forth between those um, kind of uh, disparate poles. But, you know, I always say... Just wearing an American flag pin doesn't make you a patriot. Uh, I mean, nor does hanging a flag outside your home. In fact, uh, the latest person they arrested from stealing documents from the NSA had a big flag flying outside his home. And so I would like people who, you know, care about compassionate animals, who care about the environment, who don't believe climate change is a hoax, and who don't run around disparaging women to wear American flag pins when they go and talk on television, because... Um, this is our country, too. And, you know, I don't know if you know about the latest scandal that is breaking as we speak, but it's which, a shocker. Which, which one? Yeah, which one? Donald Trump, uh, let's put it this way, I don't even know if I can say it, although they played it on CNN, so I guess I can say it, well, where you he can, says you can that he can grab women by CNN. the pussy. Oh, my God, they're really talking about that? Everyone's known about that for years. That's one we all signed NDAs on. They're, they're really starting to talk about his treatment of women and the stuff he's done. Not just that, they had a tape that uh, was uncovered of him and Billy Bush talking, and the, the camera, the microphone kept going. And, in fact, there's like a thousand memes that have just erupted um, because he basically, he just got married, and he's four months into his marriage talking about how he could F this woman, but, oh, he failed. And then he basically says words to the effect of, you know, when you're a star, you can... I like to kiss women. I have a magnet uh, that, that, that is attracted to beauty. And when you're a star, you can do anything you want, even grab them by the pussy. And this has just erupted. And there's like a oh, ton of memes that I just retweeted, actually, while I was waiting to go on, um, that are hysterical. Cat pictures that people are... It, it's just... I hope it's the death knell. I hope it's the death knell. But, you know, you never yeah. know. He yeah. already said so many outrageous things. I, I know. Well, it's talking about violating women. I, you know what? I wish they would really talk about him doing that because the stuff that I know people in Hollywood know it. And to those of you out there that are not in Hollywood, there is stuff we get to know that nobody else gets to know. And it sucks because sometimes we're not allowed to say anything. But, like, uh, please, I'm waiting for the Bill Cosby level stuff to come out because that doesn't yeah. exist. Nothing would shock me. But, you know, what's so outrageous is that. He's being supported by the evangelicals. It's like, wake up, people. You're dealing with somebody who is one of the crudest vulgarians in the history of humankind, and you think he espouses family values because of why? Because he's got a bunch of trophy-hunting kids that are standing by his side? Uh, probably only because they have to inherit money. I mean, it's unbelievable the, the level of discourse that has, has it's just dropped to a point of, a pit of despair. I, I, I had to say I was a bit gleeful because, you know, when somebody tells you who you are, believe them. And he's been telling us who he is, and people keep talking about him changing. It's like, hello, people don't change. You, have you ever tried to turn, change one person about one bad habit? 
It's impossible. Uh, yeah. Well, most women that have dated men have tried that at some point in time. That's at least in my experience. The uh, my my assistant loves the fixer uppers. So I, I've uh, she she most recently came out of a six month fixer upper. She and he just broke up, and she's basically given up faith in all men. So yeah, I, I'm a big believer in people don't change. You you are who you are. Um, you yeah, can choose you can choose your actions. As I've said before, Donald Trump is a giant shit show that I'm going to hate voting for. Oh, come on, man. What is, why? What, <laughs> what would possibly compel you to vote for a man who said, if we have nuclear weapons, why can't we use them? You know, uh, honestly, Hillary I have said, thought about how, oh, don't tell me Hillary's a liar. There's no I'm, I got it. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm a Hillary fan. If somebody, attacked that, if somebody attacked Israel, she'd already said that she'd actually use them. This guy is saying, basically, why don't we just arm South Korea? Why don't we just arm Japan? Why don't, I mean, Saudi Arabia, if we have nuclear weapons, why can't we use them? I mean, come on. Please. This is, goes beyond Republican-Democrat. This is... This I is am bad. beyond Republican-Democrat. I was the Bernie guy. Yeah. Well, then, <laughs> I, then I you're barking up the wrong tree, because Bernie says vote for Hillary. Yeah. yeah. I you know what? I, I always wondered. I stood outside Anne Frank's house in Amsterdam in the beautiful surroundings, looking at the beautiful um, river, canals, blah, 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 wondering how could such atrocities happen in such a beautiful place where everybody keeps their homes and their bodies and their clothes so manicured. Well, I'm starting to see because there is this man is a friggin' Hitler. Wake up to it, man. He hasn't gotten to your I, ethnic group yet, but he'll get there. I have, I have a very very I have a very dear friend of mine that's a Holocaust survivor. And he came from Germany. He's he's actually in Palm Springs right now. He's a lovely man. And he said, um, he remembers this. This isn't the first time he saw this. And the last time he saw this, I got this tattoo. So I I have to agree. On that count, when you've got Holocaust survivors saying, I've seen this before. It's a little terrifying, really. It's exactly the way it starts. And, you know, anytime he's called on anything he's said, he dials it back, says he was joking, lies. Mike Pence, who is his Republican running mate, who, by the way, is a complete homophobe, which never even came out during the debates, he passed the most restrictive law that would allow people to discriminate against gays in Indiana. And then he was kind of shocked when there was like a national uproar about it. And nobody even asked him about it during the debates. But he kept shaking his head, which was a cynical, strategic move, because nobody could actually say, well, he said Donald Trump didn't say this. Uh, Tim Kaine, the uh, Democratic vice presidential running mate, would say, uh, Donald Trump said X, Y, Z, and he'd just shake his head like, that's nonsense, except it wasn't nonsense. Donald Trump said exactly what Tim Kaine said he had said. So uh, lying is contagious. When you hook up with a liar, you start lying, too. And I've got to tell you, this... This is a very dangerous situation. I don't know what justification you're using in your mind to think that, that Donald Trump is somebody who is not completely dangerous and will get us into a third world war, but you really got to think about it. I this agree. Guy, first of all, who says climate change is a hoax. You know, we've got Texas burning down. We've got a drought in, in California. We've got um, massive hurricanes hitting Florida. Climate change isn't a hoax. 99.99% of all scientists say climate change is real. He says he's going to just wipe out the Environmental Protection Agency. He's going to wipe out all environmental regulations. So when you get cancer from drinking water that's poisoned, please don't call me. Because I've already that's had exactly cancer. What's going to... 
Well, the, yeah. even more reason to not vote for Donald Trump. Even more reason. I mean, we live in a complex world, not a cartoon world. I mean, you can't just um, say, well, there's no need for any regulation. Regulations erupted because people were putting poisons into rivers. Corporations were poisoning rivers. They were poisoning lagoons. They are making our our environment uninhabitable. And somebody had to say, hey, that's not capitalism. I read all the friggin' Ayn Rand novels when I was 12. It's... It's not capitalism to, to take your runoff and your toxic materials that you created as a result of producing some product and put it into uh, areas that don't belong to you, like the sky and the water. That's why these regulations exist. They exist for and a reason. People just didn't invent them for fun because they, 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 they had nothing else to do. That's very, very true. And something that I don't think a lot of people take into account is when you move past party lines, I know the argument right now is everyone's saying, well, you're voting for the lesser of two evils and this and that. It's, it's not a matter of the lesser of two evils. It's a matter of your fundamental beliefs. Either you support equality, you support the LGBT community, and you support the planet, um, or, or you support a hairpiece. And something I want to say, and this is just coming from the studio side of it, there is a lot that is known about Donald Trump. For God's sake, all you news anchors out there, please start looking at these Miss America pageants, and I promise you'll have a huge story if you find out some of the stuff he did. And that was, I've that heard was the a big same one. stories. They started digging too yep. late because they didn't take him seriously, just like they didn't take Mussolini and Hitler seriously. Remember, Hitler won an election. And after he won the election, he killed all of his enemies. And don't think dictatorships can't happen here. What happened in Nazi Germany only happened less, well, much less than a century ago. So, you know, it, it happened in my mother's lifetime. My mother just passed away last year. Yeah. Um, it well, can happen again. It's, it's very true. And there's something called a collective German guilt. And people that stand idly by are just as guilty as those um, that follow it, if you do nothing, you're just as guilty. And there is, there's an old belief with that. It's part of, if you look at even the Hollywood structure itself, Hollywood, and I'm, I'm not turning against my people here. I love my Hollywood people. Uh, and I know there are a lot of my studio friends listening, so I, I love you all when I say, I mean, it is, it is rampant with sexual assault. It is rampant with homophobia, racism, anti-Semitism. You wouldn't believe the stuff that exists in Hollywood. And it, it's the same in the political realm. I really do is. believe this. And, and honestly, I do want to say this, because you're laying it out like it is, and I've heard a lot of stories, too, that you can't repeat, because, you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't have a team of lawyers and investigative journalists at my command. I'm one person, but... Well, you know, I, I signed a bunch of NDAs, so I have some, you know, <laughs> I can't say well, Break Jack. the story. Break the story. Uh, but, but here's the thing. You know, people, I've seen this myself, people who say, well, you know, Donald Trump's okay because he hasn't attacked my ethnic group, okay? Uh, but hate, the circle of hate will always expand. And if your group has ever been attacked by anything, in other words, if you're anything other than his nationality and his lineage, you're going to get attacked by him. 
This idea that, oh, because he has a son-in-law who's Jewish, he's not going to be anti-Semitic. Are you kidding? Nonsense. Hang on, hang on. What he, said, what he said about the, what he said, and I, I apologize to my mother when I say this, because, you know, my family is Jewish. I'm, my mom's Jewish. My dad's Catholic. I got raised with both. Um, and, you know, we, we celebrated Christmas and Hanukkah. And when he turned around and said, well, you know, I like the Jews. I like those people. My son-in-law is one of them. Phrasing matters, people. <laughs> Phrasing matters. Yeah, exactly. The phraseology and how he's referred to African-Americans, the blacks. I mean, this is a man who started his career discriminating, preventing African-Americans from renting in his facilities, in his buildings, and he was sued for it. Uh, I mean, the man is prejudiced. And here's my theory about it, because uh, I grew up amongst people who were, uh, it, it was an odd combination. I had my mother's showbiz friends and my dad's advertising friends, and my dad was, even though he was just an Irish guy, you know, off the boat, his mother was a school teacher, he had some kind of issue where he wanted to social climb. I ended up being a debutante, which I fought tooth and nail. We went out to the Hamptons. Me too. Yeah, and and I um, was exposed to people who were very old money and who were very um, class conscious. And yes. I, my, my theory about Donald Trump is, I mean, he's, he's got money, but he's not old money. He's, a, he's what they no, call he's a new, crass nouveau Bulgarian. Riche. Nouveau riche. Yeah, he's nouveau riche. He's a crass Bulgarian. And somewhere growing up, even though his dad was powerful and he thought he was all that, he ran into some people who just wouldn't give him the time of day because he didn't fit the mold. There's no breaking into that group. Either you're born into it or you're not. And I experienced that firsthand. And I never even pretended to, to aspire to be part of the group um, because I yeah. saw it all as a sham and, and well, value I was, people based I was on their birth. I was born into that group and I hate it. My, my dad, you know, my dad was in the service. My family is an old English family and we're Australian now. We weren't exactly well behaved, so I don't know why it exists. <laughs> We're Australians. We were criminals, but it still even exists there. Um, well, yeah, and, 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 I, I, and I grew up in New York, and I know the whole scene. And Donald Trump yep. does, he has, suffers from low self-esteem. And he is, yep. his, this whole thing is an attempt for him to compensate about feeling less than, not feeling like he really fits into the club. You know, Woody Allen said it best. Nobody wants to be in a club that will have them, or he wouldn't want to be in a club that will have them. Be in a club that will have them. I like that. We actually have to go to break. When we come back, I want to get back on this because I think this is a really important thing for people to hear, and I don't think people realize how much that affects, you know, I I don't think they realize how much low self-esteem and exclusion from those kind of clubs do affect people and do create that egomaniacal bullshit. When we come back, we're going to talk more about this. I'm Summer Helene. We're on with Paul Michael Bolin and the amazing Jane Velez Mitchell. This is Behind the Scenes. We'll be right back. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. What voice guides your sexual needs and desires? Yours or others? The Sexual Voice with host Jessica Ford is the show to lead you to a happier, healthier, and more fruitful sexual self. Let Jessica help you find your own unique voice to express sexual feelings, gain confidence, and to appreciate your own needs and desires. Listen live every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern. 
2 p.m. Central and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. There is a sexual voice inside of everyone. Come discover yours. Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. What makes a great leader? Most have a vision, one that starts beyond the resources available and continues from that point into developing a solid plan, organization, and company. Leadership issues are discussed each week on VoltCast, illuminating leadership with host Jeff Smith. Jeff has years of experience as a leader and executive coach, and his guests will bring you information that can help a team of any size. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. I am coming to you live from Andrew Young's Salon in Palm Springs, California, where I just got my hair done by the amazing Dow. If you want fantastic hair, I will put up his info online so you can grab it. And to the lady that yelled at me the other week because she couldn't find the place, they're in a brand new location, much easier to find. And it's okay to use names like that because, you know, we, we don't get in trouble with the FCC. But um, let's, let's, uh, let, let's not call me names. <laughs> we are on with the amazing Paul Michael Bolin and Jane Velez Mitchell. G'day, guys. Welcome back to the show. Thanks. Thanks. You know, I'm very excited to be on, Summer, because my other passion, aside from <laughs> trying to prevent Donald Trump from uh, becoming the next Hitler, is I, I um, think, animal I think, rights. Uh, you mean it's, it's, it's pardon? It's animal rights, and it's a very, Absolutely. very important issue for Hollywood as well as for the world. Um, you know, uh, I'm a vegan. I haven't eaten meat in 20 years, and uh, before that I was vegetarian. So basically... Uh, I've been existing my whole life without eating meat, and uh, I'm doing just fine. I'm standing here, and I know thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. We, we live in a world that is being destroyed by the meat and dairy industry. It is one of the biggest causes of climate change. Nobody talks about it. And there's a great film on Netflix called Cowspiracy, not graphic, and actually very funny, 
which actually points out and exposes that the environmental groups don't talk about meat production being one of the biggest causes of climate change because they don't want to have to stop eating hamburgers. And um, it's also one of the biggest causes of our leading preventable killer, heart disease. Heart disease is clogged arteries. That's clogged from cholesterol, which is in meat, not in plants. And, uh, you know, it's, it's contributing to cancer. I know uh, Paul mentioned that he'd suffer from cancer. I'm so sorry to hear that. Uh, processed meat has been officially labeled carcinogenic by the World Health Organization. And so we also, uh, people who want to end world hunger, if we took all the grain we're feeding to 9 billion animals just in the United States alone and fed it to the world, we'd end world hunger. And the list goes on and on and on. And uh, so I think that's one of the most important issues of the day, but somehow in I'm, mainstream I'm... media, you can't talk about it. Well, I've got to say, and I'm, I'm going to say this because I'm, I'm incredibly vain. Um, I met Jane over at an event for animals. And you guys want to be thin, you want to be gorgeous. I get write-ins every week. How do I look like a Hollywood rock star? Eat what she's eating. Seriously. You, you're an incredibly attractive woman, and I think it makes you very, very useful keeping that out of your diet. And I know I'm coming at it from a very vain perspective, but that is something people need to take into account. Because let's face it, we all want to look younger. We all want to look better. We all want a better bod. That's a great way to get it. I'm just yeah, saying this. You know, my, my, my mom was a vegan, pretty much. She died at 99 and a half. And uh, she was also mocked and made fun of by some of those Southampton people. Uh, really? For being a vegetarian. And, and her line was, yeah, they made fun of me, but I went to every one of their funerals. So um, I thought that was kind of a funny line. <laughs> it's, it's true, though. Well, I, I do have to say, and I agree with you on this, and this isn't something um, I share with anybody, and I'm now going to share it with a whole bunch of people. Um, when I came to the United States and started eating the food here, I ended up with lupus. And one of the main causes of lupus is what is in food. Not a lot of people know that. This is something my doctor told me and I didn't know. It's the colors, flavors, additives, preservatives, and hormones put in foods. So I ended up with lupus, and this is something I get to live with for the rest of my life now. And not eating anything with steroids, not eating anything with anything with artificial crap in it, it actually stopped me from being sick. I stopped going to the hospital. I stopped getting the butterfly rashes. Um, I was on pregnisone, which is a steroid. I put on a bunch of weight because of that. And the easiest fix in the world was just cutting out meat, cutting out, cutting out the stuff that's bad for you. I actually spoke to a doctor who reversed her lupus by going on a vegan diet, no meat, no dairy, yep. and also she does what's called SOS, no sugar, oil, salt. Um, now, uh, what's interesting is you mentioned hormones. Uh, so what they yeah. figured out, is that feeding growth hormones to cows makes them grow faster so they can slaughter them faster, make more money. What they don't realize is those growth hormones, when they linger in the flesh, they can work on humans as well. You see girls getting puberty at the age of nine now, and it's from all the hormones that are in the dairy products that our U.S. government feeds them. And, Paul, if you're on the conservative side, which, you know, I certainly respect, I actually consider myself... Uh, actually, Paul's Paul's incredibly liberal. He's just he's Bernie or bust. Like he is oh, incredibly okay. liberal. Well, well then bust better than Trump. But anyway, yeah. um, My if you think about the Bernie. cost, to the taxpayers of our health care costs, because people are fat, sick, and nearly dead from eating this hideous diet that is is just killing us, that we could reduce our 
our healthcare costs that are skyrocketing if people simply adopted a healthy plant-based diet. Now, here's the crazy thing about our society. Eating a healthy diet of fruits, vegetables, nuts, and grains is considered radical and extreme. But eating a diet filled with meat and dairy, our typical sad standard American diet that causes heart disease, cancer, uh, high cholesterol, obesity, um, and, and causes all sorts of illnesses, that's considered normal. So if you do... If you advocate for a healthy diet, you're a radical. That's an upside-down world we live in. That's, that's a really sick world, and we've got well, to reverse it's, that. It's really, it's really only the U.S. I mean, where I come from, people eat meat, but American cheese, the cheese that's used at McDonald's, was actually never allowed to come into my country. And part of the reason I got lived before I got here, not back home, is that's not allowed to happen there. We're not allowed to put that stuff in food. And so we don't have the cancer rates, we don't have the obesity rates, we don't have, um, you know, the, the rates. I mean, lupus here, you're talking, this is now a common disease, where before it was unheard of. So it's Alzheimer's. So really, and there is a way to connect Alzheimer's to the overconsumption. Mm-hmm. Because think about it this way, this is really important. Heart disease is America's leading preventable killer. People killing over, often yep. young, from heart disease. That is simply the arteries to the heart are clogged with plaque. Plaque comes from cholesterol. Cholesterol comes from animals. There is no cholesterol in plants. So what people don't realize is what's happening, the artery is a large vessel, uh, but it's systemic to the entire body. The vessels in the brain, when they do autopsies on people, um, and they find that the vessels in the brain are clogged with plaque, because it makes sense. Your, your, uh, for example, erectile dysfunction is a precursor of heart disease because the veins in the penis are smaller than the veins in the heart. So if you, you stop getting erections, guess what? That's a sign that systemically you're loading up on cholesterol and plaque, your blood is getting blocked, and you could be on the road to a heart attack. Instead of telling people to eat less meat, what do they do? They put them on uh, some drug that gives them an erection for four hours, and they tell them to, to take a, a pill to lower their cholesterol. They, they make money off us on both ends. Let's, First getting us let's, sick. let's not get me started on big pharma in this country. I come from a country where we have social medicine. You're not allowed to make money on this stuff. So, so let's not get me started. Because the last time I went on a rant about this, I ended up being called a communist. So, so I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to avoid my statements on now the pharmaceutical companies in this country. Um, but I am going to give the precursor to this saying, I choose to live here. I love this country. In America, you can be and do whatever you want. And that's not true anywhere else in the world. And what's going on politically, it scares me because that's going to stop happening. What's going on socially because of the diets and because there is an absolute lack of empathy towards other living creatures, other people, animals, everything. It's really taking a country that was incredible. America was founded on separation of church and state. And I mean, really, come on, guys, we're screwing with the good thing here. Look, today, that's, that's, for, that's my, for my website and my, I have a social media news outlet on animal rights and the vegan lifestyle. So today I was at a place in Sherman Oaks that rescues dogs from the China's dog meat trade, talking to one of my heroes, Mark Ching, who goes in there and rescues dogs. Some of the most horrific footage I've ever seen in my life. But, you know, by the same token, we're pointing the finger at China and South Korea and saying, oh, look at them, they're barbarians. We do the same thing to pigs and dogs. So we should look in the mirror. Um, You know, if you love dogs, pigs and goats and cows are no different. They have feelings. They dream. Pigs dream just like your dog. 
one thing I find interesting, there's a great, um, there's a great book, it's called Skinny Bitch. And I'm, I'm going to say this, I'm not paid to advertise this book. I don't even know the people that wrote it, but I read a copy of Rory it, and it Friedman. says, you are what you eat. Pardon? Uh, Rory Friedman, who's somebody I know, wrote the book. She has a co-author, but she was one of the authors. That's, it's a great book, and one of the best things I ever heard in there is, you are what you eat. And when you are eating pain, when you are eating suffering, when you are eating sickness and death, that is what you will have. And I think that's something we need to take a much harder look at because diet, um, I've been pulled off since my diet switched. I've been pulled off the, the, uh, pre- the pregnazone, the, the steroid. My lupus mm-hmm. is under control. And that's pretty freaking incredible, if you ask me. I mean, that's fucking amazing. Excuse my language. But that's, that's pretty amazing. And I know a lot of people that are doing it that way. So I think if people take a real look at the way we treat animals and the way the way we... I'm, I'm trying to find a nice way of saying karmically, guys, we can do better. Socially, karmically, we can do better. Well, I have to I say, Summer, I do a daily vegan cooking show on Facebook at 12.30 p.m. Pacific at facebook.com slash Jane Velez Mitchell. And what we do is we show people all the wonderful recipes that you can do. Uh, today we were at a uh, Thai vegan restaurant where he showed us uh, soy ham uh, rolls. He showed us how to make them. And the day before we were making uh, a vegan che- bacon and cheese with uh, alternatives to bacon called fake and bacon. And you know what? I've had so many people email me and, and message me and say, I've given up meat because of you. Thank you. I feel better. I have more energy. I mean, you know... We don't have to kill to survive. It's a very primitive philosophy. Hunt or be hunted. Man versus nature. We're at a point now in the evolution of the human species where man and nature are on the same side. If we don't get that together, um, we're going to destroy our planet. Now, some great Hollywood minds like James Cameron. James Cameron's a vegan. He just did a video with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger is going vegan. And you can look it up. It's, it's all over social media. They did an incredible video basically saying, come on, guys, go vegan. I mean, that's Arnold. Arnold Schwarzenegger, who's got muscles, and I've done profiles. I'm, I'm in the middle of doing a series of profiles of vegan bodybuilders. The, the guy who runs the restaurant that uh, we ate at today um, ran 100 miles. He said his family said, you have to eat meat to be strong. So he went, he went, and he went to Arizona and ran 100 miles in a race. And I can assure you that most of the people who were critiquing him couldn't do that. Here's the problem, and I won't bore you with this, because I know it's not the most fun subject. It's not like Brangelina getting divorced. But uh, we live in a carnist society, where there, and carnism is the invisible belief system that indoctrinates us to love on some animals and eat and kill others. And it's, it's all yeah. nonsense, primitive thinking. The day we evolve beyond eating animals, we'll have ended war, we will have ended violence uh, in our streets, because once you evolve, you evolve beyond killing. That's very, very true. Something uh, I don't think a lot of people know, and a lot of the guys I know are going to kill me for saying this, um, I work with a lot of MMA fighters, and 70% of the MMA fighters I know are actually vegan, because it makes them stronger, and these guys really need to be able to handle their stuff. Yeah, I mean, but if you look at a horse, the horse eats grass. And look at the muscles and, and the agility. Mm-hmm. You know, you eat, you go, people think, oh, I've got to eat fish because of the amino acids. The amino acids come from the kelp that the fish eat, not from the fish. 
just go around the animal. You'll get the, the nutrients you need. Um, and it's really sure. a great lifestyle. You know, I do a lot of stupid things every day, but when I put my head in my pillow, I could say, I didn't kill today. And that's a really good feeling. I like that. That's a very good way of looking at it. I know we have to go to break. When we come back, I want to talk about your book on Jodi Eris. I want to talk about your career and a whole bunch about you. And I do want to say thank you because these are things I don't usually tackle and I don't usually talk about. But they're things that are very near and dear to my heart. When we come back from the break, we will talk about books, fame, getting on the news, working with CNN, and how to follow your dreams to success. I'm Summer Helene. We're on with Paul Michael Bowen and the amazing Jane Velez Mitchell. We'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Hoarding has become a tremendous issue worldwide, not just for those who hoard, but for the people who love and care about them. On Take Back Your Life, when your things are taking over, host Elaine Birchall helps you to understand and get unstuck from the clutter in your life, no matter how severe. Our program brings you practical strategies to help you get started and maintain your goals. Listen live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Why do some people seemingly make the same mistakes when it comes to love and relationships? What is the best way to find love? Make a visit each week to Destination Love. Host Shelley Pumphrey will bring what you need to know to find love. No, it's not about the next fad, dating site tips, scoring the first date, or looking your best. Rather, it's empowerment, knowing that your authentic self works best and the science behind finding love. Destination Love is live Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on Voice America Variety. If you are interested in real estate in America's largest city or anywhere, be sure to listen for Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Although our focus is on Manhattan and other real estate markets in and around New York City, we'll have plenty of information that will help you successfully buy, sell, and close a transaction no matter where you are in the world. Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. in New York, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. 
We are on with Paul Michael Bowen, who you all like better than you like me, and the amazing Jane Velez Mitchell. We are talking about politics, life, animals, cruelty, and what we're doing with this planet. I know we have a bunch of writing questions, and I've got to tell you guys, I'm doing the show, the show live in Palm Springs, so I have no access to answer these questions on Facebook, but I promise I will pass them on, and you know, we'll, we'll answer them as best we can, but it isn't going to be today. Welcome back to the show, Jane. Thank you. It's a delight to be here. So I'm going to ask you, I know we've talked quite a bit about what's near and dear to your heart and what's near and dear to my heart, I, have to, I do have to say, but you've written books on, like, you wrote a book on Jodi Arias. Yes. I did write a New York Times bestseller <laughs> on Jodi Arias. It's called Expose the Secret Life of Jodi Arias. And she is the young woman who killed Travis Alexander, who was a Mormon. And it was a spectacular, sensational trial. Uh, but she is a case study in bipolar, sociopathic uh, behavior. She stabbed the guy 27 times. But it wasn't just the violence of the killing. It was her elaborate planning beforehand, her elaborate cover-up after, and her <clears throat> just systematic pathological lying. And let me say something, because we started out talking about Donald Trump, who is a pathological liar. I mean, he, New York Times documented 31 lies in one week. Well, I had a chance to study pathological lying uh, when I studied the Jody Arias case. Here's the thing with pathological liars. It's not that they feel compelled to tell lies. It's that they have a really hard time ever telling the truth. It's like an addiction. They cannot be content with whatever is actually happening. They must embellish. And often they start with a grain of truth, and they construct the whole story around it. And then when confronted, they'll dial it back to the grain of truth that they started with. But pathological lying is just like an addiction. It's like drug addiction. It's like alcoholism, uh, sex addiction. They can't stop themselves. It's a compulsion. Now, that's a little terrifying. You know, you've got somebody, I, I know everyone jokes about, uh, you know, all politicians are liars, but if you have somebody who is lying compulsively, I mean, that's, that's pretty bloody terrifying. It is scary, uh, because they're not going to stop. And, you know, all addiction is progressive. It gets worse. So, just like the alcoholic starts out, you know, drinking whatever and ends up in the gutter, uh, or, you know, out of control, driving the wrong way down the freeway, uh, lying also... Uh, people, the lies build, lies build on other lies. And in most of the murder cases that I've covered, and I've covered many as a crime reporter over the decades, it really all boils down to toxic secrets and lies. Because if you tell a lie, right, it's going to come out unless you cover it up. And the way you cover it up is with another lie. So it grows, it festers, and it often explodes in violence. Now, in the case of Jody Arias, it was fascinating because she's a very sexy, seductive woman. And Travis Alexander was a strapping all-American guy, so you couldn't have better characters. And, in fact, they did a movie, a Lifetime, I think it was a Lifetime movie. Um, it was some, some movie did. called Dirty Little Secret because it was that compelling a case. She um, latched on to him. She wanted to marry him, but what she didn't realize is that he was a Mormon. Even though she converted, she wasn't really a Mormon. She wasn't raised in the Mormon faith. The more crazy, wild, kinky sex she threw at him, the less marriage material she became. So they were working at cross purposes. You know, uh, and, and it was actually one of his Mormon friends who told me that. Because 
she was offering him a sexual fire sale, which was documented in court. It, I sat in court and listened to some of the raunchiest tapes. I mean, Donald Trump would have enjoyed it immensely. Because are they are available? Good. I wouldn't mind hearing them. <laughs> yeah, just go online. They're, they're right there. They play all sorts of crazy uh, sex games. She surreptitiously recorded a phone sex session with them. And I believe, in my, to make the case in the book, that it was to blackmail him because he had had enough of her several times. And he was going to take another girl, sort of a good, pure Mormon girl, with him to a company business party in Cancun where all their mutual friends would be. And uh, he never made it on that trip because she murdered him before he could get there. But uh, a couple of weeks before that trip, she called him. Even though they were officially broken up, they would have phone sex because he was in Arizona, she was in California. And she surreptitiously recorded it. And uh, it gets very raunchy. Let's put it this way. They both climax several times. I mean, it was so embarrassing to sit there and listen to this in, in the courtroom. I had an old lady yeah. to the left of me and an old lady to the right of me, and I was like, oh, my God. Um, but uh, I think she recorded it to blackmail him and said, hey, you, you think you're going to take another girl to Cancun? No, you're going to take me. Otherwise, I'm going to play this for your bishop, and you're going to be excommunicated. And he probably said, go to hell, because they had a real big fight that they never discussed what they were fighting right before she murdered him, and I believe it, they were fighting over the blackmail issue. Amazing. What was it like for you? I mean, in, in your job, you really get submerged into, you know, the dark side, the dark side of life. It's How true. do you I mean, keep this? Yeah. I, I'm very paranoid. You know, my girlfriend will tell you I'm, like, the most security-oriented person because I've seen every type of crime. And I've seen yeah. the worst in human nature. Um, I still maintain my optimism because I do feel that, um, as, our, as Martin Luther King said, the moral arc of the universe bends slowly, but it bends toward justice. I see enough good people who care and who want to make this world a kinder uh, place, a more compassionate world, that I maintain my optimism. But I'm never, I, I, it never ceases to amaze me, the barbarity of what people can do to each other and to animals. Yeah. I think it's, I think people don't realize, you know, inadvertently you're, you're part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Um, and even those that stand in and do and say nothing really do contribute in one way or the other. You're, you're, you know, you're on, you're on one side of the teeter totter, whether you want to be or not. Um, you've, you've worked in some dark cases. You're saying you're paranoid. Is it hard for you to find balance and to bring yourself out of it after you deal with the murder case or after you've, you know, kind of steeped yourself in this? Well, I mean, I think part of it is that I'm not really fascinated with murder itself. In other words, I consider it violence porn, and I don't like to sit around watching violent shows. I can get sucked into a show. I'm not saying I'm, you know... Mother yeah. Teresa, I loved Homeland, and that got violent, but it was such an intriguing psychological thriller. But just sort of the gratuitous, disgusting violence, I really find it nauseating. I don't enjoy it. And um, I, I do enjoy the psychology, because to me, murders are the extreme example of what we see all the time. Let's go back to the Jody Arias case. She had borderline. In other words, she didn't know where she ended and this guy began. And what happens with borderlines is they see something, they want that person, they want their friends, they want their home, they feel entitled to everything. 
and um, they insert themselves into somebody's life, and next thing you know, their friends are your friends, their ho- your hobbies are their hobbies. We've all had experiences like that with people who just don't have boundaries, and it gives me the heebie-jeebies uh, because I've studied the extreme examples of that, but it also kind of like cues me to when people are doing that to a lesser degree in my own personal life. I, for example, have had experiences with pathological liars. A friend of mine turned, in, turned out she was a pathological liar. Convincing? Oh, my God. And the other thing about pathological liars, you can never catch them because their imagination is so active that they construct alternatives so easily because they're colorblind to the truth. So if you try to nail them down, I'll get back to you-know-who, they immediately mm-hmm. have an explanation. And it was just like my friend, the pathological liar. And she always had an explanation for everything. I'll give you an example. Uh, she, I'm, a veg- I'm a vegan, and she became a really good friend of mine, started hanging out with me. And she said that she had gone vegetarian. And I was like, oh, that's fantastic. And we'd go out to dinner, and she would eat vegetarian, and she would talk to me about just, you know, volunteer. I didn't ask her. I have friends that aren't vegetarian. And uh, she'd volunteer all these things about her journey into vegetarianism. And then I was talking to somebody else, you know, a couple of months later, and I said, well, you know, so-and-so's a vegetarian, and they, they started bursting into laughter. They go, what? They, she is not. And I said, what? And, and so, you know, I started seeing, oh, my God, this person has constructed this whole world for me that is just not true. And there were about four other examples about that. So I was like, wow, and how convincing she is. That's also one of the pitfalls of fame that a lot of people don't see. You know, and you are very, very well known in what you do. In the news world, I mean, you are incredibly well known. And that's what really is one of the pitfalls of fame that people don't realize. People will do anything to be friends with you, and that will attract somebody like your pathological liar. I don't consider myself that. I've, I've always considered myself a reporter who covered famous people. Uh, but, but, yeah, I mean, you, you, you know, when you you're in social media and you're life. in the media, you, you, get, you get known, and so I guess... Uh, but, but, you know, you can have a friend. You could be leading a completely anonymous life and have a friend who's a pathological liar. Uh, but so what, I guess what I'm saying is studying these criminal cases and these, these murders really showed me a lot about human nature. The other thing that is a huge tip-off, a huge red flag, are secrets. Uh, my first book was called Secrets Can Be Murder. And basically a publisher called me up out of the blue because I covered a lot of trials, and they said, we'd like you to write a book about trials. And I said, okay. And they said, based on secrecy. They just gave me literally one minute of explanation of what they wanted. They said, you know, criminal cases and trials are one of the few venues where things come out, dirty secrets come out, that you wouldn't even tell sometimes your own psychiatrist. And we'd like you to examine uh, cases from that perspective. And I had three months. So I, I literally looked at my piles of, of notes, because at the time, I was, it was before we all went online, you know, to the point where everything's stored on your computer. I took my biggest stacks, and I said, I'm going to just pick them, two dozen cases, arbitrary, based on the amount of research I have, because I have no time, each and every murder case boiled down to toxic secrets that exploded into violence. It was uncanny. I'll give you, and the really? other thing, 
Yes. And the other thing that I noticed that, that I picked up on, because um, I had read a book called Family Secrets by John Bradshaw, which really struck a nerve, and he says that secrets are often handed down generation to generation, and that sure, yeah. a child will instinctively know their parents' toxic secrets, even if it has not been revealed to them. And I found that to be a case, too, of generational secrecy. It was, remember the Scott Peterson case? He killed his, little, his yes. wife, Lacey? Yeah, the both. Mm-hmm. Well, it turned out that yeah. his mother had given away two of her children, gotten rid of two of her children. And he didn't know that until shortly before he was going to marry Lacey. And then one of the, the two children wrote a letter to, the mother, to Scott's mother basically announcing that, hey, we're, we're, we're of age and we want to meet you. And the, Scott found out about it, and it blew his mind because he was the golden boy. He was the handsome, good-looking golden child. All of a sudden, these two others walk in, and the, the daughter, who had been given away, had been raised by a very wealthy family. She had attended boarding school in Europe, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, he's overshadowed. Also, you know, his whole world shattered because his mother never revealed that. So that was her toxic secret. She got rid of her kids. What did he do? He also got rid of his kid. So he metaphorically reenacted the secret. And indeed... His sister, the one who had appeared out of nowhere, who lived uh, off of San Francisco Bay, said, it gave me chills that the body of Lacey was found in the eye line of my home. I could look out at the ocean and see where the body was found. And um, so she felt that he had dumped, you know, metaphorically dumped uh, his wife and the unborn child in her backyard. Amazing. Well, we've got about five minutes left of the show. I'm going to ask you, you've had probably one of the most incredible careers in journalism. Um, anybody, I mean, everybody knows who you are. It's, it's just that simple. How, how could somebody get this? We've got about, well, actually, we've got about two minutes left. And what advice would you give to people that want to get into journalism, that want to do what you do? Well, the great thing today is anybody can be a journalist. It's not like there's a democratization of the means of production, essentially. I go live every day on Facebook Live. It used to take a giant studio, two-man crew, a truck, and a mast, and now I just turn on my cell phone. So you could do your own reports, uh, and that's what so many YouTube stars are doing, particularly, for example, for veganism. You have tons of vegan stars that have millions of followers on YouTube. So what I'd say is, Find out what you're passionate about and start producing your own content. I mean, we all know Perez Hilton, for example, but there's tons of people out there who, who just made a name for themselves. Um, you could also go to journalism school and pursue a much more traditional route, which is how I started. But when I started, there wasn't you know, Facebook and, and Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat and Tumblr and Pinterest and you know, all the others. All so, these places. You know, you, could, you, you have a lot of... A lot of ways to get your face out there today. I like that. Thank you so much for joining us today, and thank you so much for sharing so much of yourself personally, because you really did talk about things that I think matter and are clearly very near and dear to you. Um, anyone thank that you wants for to me. check out, anyone that wants to check out Jane Velez Mitchell, we can find you on Facebook, right? Yeah, Facebook.com/slash Jane Velez Mitchell, and my website is JaneUnchained.com.
Thank you so much for being here, guys. Check out Jane Unchained. Thank, thank you, thank you to the amazing Jane Velez Mitchell. You are absolutely one of my idols, and I know oh. for so many people you really are an inspiration. Thank you, Paul. Thank you guys for joining us on Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the Scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.